Hi there, and welcome to Dig In, a podcast from Food Service Director Magazine. I'm Kelsey Nash, Managing Editor of FoodServiceDirector.com. With the FSD team gearing up for the National Restaurant Association show in Chicago later this month, we thought we'd talk about restaurant trends that matter to the non-commercial segment, which just so happens to be the subject of our May cover story. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Abby Lewis, Food Service Director's Content Director, and Pat Kobe, our menu expert. Also contributing is Heather Lally, a senior editor for Restaurant Business Magazine. She'll be sharing about some emerging restaurant concepts that non-commercial operators should be keeping an eye out for. So let's get started with a look at limited time offers. Pat, as our menu expert here at FSD, what are some of the most unique, I suppose, LTOs you've seen or any that have jumped out to you recently? Well, I think, um, you know, some operators try and be very unique, but being too unique could get you in trouble because the idea is to really try and boost traffic. And you have to appeal to a a wider swath of consumers if you want to boost traffic. So you should try and differentiate, but not get too crazy unless you just want a short-term kind of LTO, you know, that's for one day or one week. But I think some of the most successful ones uh, tap into seasonal ingredients. And that's something that a lot of non-commercial operators are doing too. So they, they'll use, you know, like springtime as the platform for introducing an LTO and use like the first asparagus that are coming to season or strawberry desserts or something like that. So those are usually really successful because consumers really want to, you know, get into the spirit of the season. Definitely. And I think something we've seen a lot coming to the fore is meatless as well. I feel like we started to see that more on the non-commercial side, maybe even first, but it's really getting a hold in some of the bigger restaurant chains with Burger King doing their Impossible Whopper, some of the other major chains looking at meatless options. Anything new or exciting there? Well, I think, um, you know, a lot of the non-commercial operators, they're, they're not using those, you know, fall meats as much as some of the restaurants are, but they're doing some really creative things with vegetables. Like they're doing vegetable carving stations and vegetable butchery and really like highlighting uh, vegetables with sort of interesting cooking techniques. They are using some of the, um, you know, like, I guess we call them fall meats, but um but some of them are making their own, like um, at, um, one of our chefs on our culinary council makes his own seitan instead of purchasing it. So instead of using something that actually, you know, like mimics a bur- burger by bleeding and all of that, he's making seitan with like really interesting flavors and ingredients and putting them in global dishes. Yeah, very cool. And then recently I wrote about to Rice University doing their vegan charcuterie program. So they've gotten really creative with kind of doing plant-based meats and cheeses. We started talking about this a little bit because Pat brought up sourcing. And I know in the restaurant world that um, you might have some good examples, Heather. For sure. There are so many um, emerging chains out there right now that are, uh, you know, are worth checking out if you're a non-commercial operator. And they really play into these trends that you guys have laid out so well. In the magazine, so one of them chain that's really growing right now is called Just Salad. It's popular here in our office in Chicago because mm-hmm. there's one across the street from us, basically. But the the chain recently hired a chief sustainability officer, and so they're really focused on reducing waste and composting. They um, have a reusable bowls program that the the officer just told me saves them seventy five thousand pounds of plastic a year uh, thanks to people using those bowls, and they're 
transitioning to a fully compostable bowl at all their locations here. So that's that's a really cool one for sustainability. And then you guys were talking about the plant-based things. So the Veggie Grill, which might be familiar to folks, just signed a deal with Sodexo, and they are specifically targeting college campuses for their expansion. And the CEO of Veggie Grill said that college students are really more mindful about what they eat. And so this is a place that they they uh, want to go, you know, is high in their list for expansion. Another plant-based chain is called By Chloe. It's based in New York City, and they are all vegan, and they don't use any of the, the faux meats. They make everything in-house, basically. But they have really ambitious expansion plans. They're very, like, trendy and hip and millennial friendly, and they have CBD-infused menu items. Another menu trend we focus on is Israeli cuisine. What did you learn about that, Abby, as you were kind of reporting for the cover story? Um, I think the most interesting part of the uh, story around Israeli cuisine is that it kind of is in lockstep with how Israel has seen uh, tourism expand in that region. Well, the I ingredients. think, yeah, I think, well, the ingredients, you know, they have some of the, um, some of them have spicy elements, which everybody is really into now, especially younger consumers. So shug is one of their, their sauces. People pronounce it all different ways, but. I thought Us it was too, included, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like a, a herbal green sauce with a little bit of chili in it. So it has that, um, you know, nice balance of sort of tart and hot. And then um, I think the other reason this cuisine is really popular is because it is based on a lot of grains and vegetables and almost plant forward, like we were talking about before. And they do use small amounts of meat, but there's a lot of chickpeas, you know, in um, as a protein source, and other, you know, um, beans and that, and and also a lot of dairy. It's sort of a bridge um, from the Middle East to the Mediterranean, so that's why it's particularly popular because those two cuisines have really been trending. Sure, and we do have National Hummus Day coming up, so yes, I'll be sure do. to sample as many varieties yeah. as I can. How about packaging? I know we talk a lot about grab-and-goes rise and people looking for that quick, convenient snack. Anything new in the packaging arena? I mean, I think you kind of just hit the nail on the head, especially in terms of like healthy snacks for kids in K-12, through finding the right package where you're able to more or less compartmentalize some of those healthier fruits and vegetables, maybe with a, a place where you can put a little bit of hummus that we were just talking about. I know that we looked into for the nine restaurant trends that matter issue the folks at the Wyndham School District in Wyndham, New Hampshire. She said that the packaging can really be the deciding factor behind whether a kid buys into this healthy snack or not. If it's not convenient, they likely won't won't pick it up. So it's interesting that the packaging plays such a huge role in in, you know, actually getting kids to eat better, especially in this particular instance. And also um, at the retail locations at colleges, they're doing a lot of bento boxes that are like mm-hmm. snacks packaged kind of in a bento box format. So those are really good mm-hmm. for grab and go and your portable eating on the run. Changing gears a little bit, we talked about career development and how that's become such a huge issue in restaurants as you know the crunch for labor continues. Was there anything interesting that you saw restaurants or non-commercial operations doing around career development and kind of ensuring their employees would stick around for a while? Um, I just chatted with the folks over at Hop Dottie, which is a, a burger um, chain, and they just uh, partnered with the Escoffier Culinary School 
to let their um, employees take online classes towards a culinary degree, and then their work at the restaurant would count as like the externship requirement um, for the degree. And so they are hopeful that not only will they get better employees, but this will incentivize them to, to stick around and perhaps be a good recruitment tool as well. Definitely. Very cool. We also talked too about operations dipping their toes into catering or beefing up the catering operations that they already have. Um, how are kind of operations building on, on that business? I think a lot of colleges are now competing with outside catering companies for business like, you know, catering weddings or events that people are having, you know, social catering that people are having personally or even that a business in town might be having. And so they can go out and put out a, you know, a proposal along with the commercial catering companies that are in the area and often winning it. I mean, when there's $537.2 billion that were brought in last year, um, according to Technomic and Catering, it, it is interesting to see um, how restaurants and non-commercial each take their own little piece of the pie. And mm-hmm. It might really be a, a, a source of uh, competition between uh, the two, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We talked a little bit earlier about snacking and the rise of snacking and to-go items. Heather, I know you had a, a snacking concept that you wanted to talk yeah, about. Too. Well, some of the fastest um, growing concepts are very snacking focused. Also on the catering front, um, snacking is a huge area of growth in catering. Like businesses are looking for, you know, baked goods for afternoon treats and stuff. Um, so I, uh, a, a chain to watch out for definitely is 85C Bakery Cafe. They're actually a Taiwanese um, chain that's growing really fast here in the States. And they specialize in Asian pastries and drinks, uh, things like taro buns. Are any of these concepts doing anything interesting on social media? We talked in this story too about how going viral is such a big trend and how places are kind of just designing their whole restaurants around those Instagrammable moments. Totally. So yeah, lots of folks are, um, really leveraging social media to their advantages. Um, one growing chain right now is called Dos Toros, and it's a customizable uh, burrito place, a little bit like Chipotle. But um, they have uh, an Instagram account that is entirely dedicated to this character named Pinto the Burrito. There's like really no branding on it that says Dos Toros um, clearly, but I think people kind of know uh, you're able to tell. Uh, but they post a lot of memes and things that appeal to to younger um, consumers, and it's just sort of a way of building buzz for their their brand. For sure. So speaking of trends, we know there are a lot of tech trends and a lot of innovations in that space. Pat, I know you just wrote about a few up-and-coming mm-hmm. tech ideas and innovations that you're seeing in non-commercial. Do you want to speak to those a little bit? Sure. Well, um, at the Cincinnati Red Stadium, they're doing um, you know direct delivery to food lockers, so people... Customers can order right from their seats while they're watching a game, and then they get a text, and they go and pick up their order from a dedicated food locker. So I thought that was pretty cool because it really saves a lot of back-of-house um, labor. It, it really increases efficiencies. People don't have to wait online for their food and miss part of the game. So that was one of the trends that we saw in that realm. Um, there's also um, a healthcare institution that's using Alexa in patients' rooms so that patients can actually, you know, call their nurse with Alexa or, uh, you know, even turn on the TV or listen to music with Alexa so they don't have to bother someone who's walking down the hall and has other things to attend to and, you know, frees up workers for other tasks. So I thought that was a pretty interesting trend. And I think 
Alexa, now that the echoes are so cheap, I think more um, you know non-commercial operators can put them into place. Mm -hmm. So those were two really interesting ones. And then you know there's the meal swipe technology. People are trying to get away from actual meal cards and meal plan uh, swipes. So instead, they're using uh, sensor technology so that you can sort of just read the person as they're entering the dining hall, and you don't have to, you know, actually be close up to the machine or whatever it is. Sure. The little, um, you know. Yeah, and that definitely, I think, frees up labor as well if they're not yeah, having to have someone definitely. in that area. And it frees up, they don't need as many POS systems as well yeah. with that technology. Definitely. So those are three really cool things that I noticed in non-commercial. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dig In. We'll see you next time.